stop necromancy. How? Yeah, that's what you're here to figure out. Bye. What? How dare you? Fuck you. Fuck you? Fuck me? Yeah. Where's the drinks? <laughs> oh, hey. She arrives. And she, let's see. We got the tequila be killed for... Uh, this grazes a hand. There's like 13 fingers on the hand. Oh, wow. Okay. Right there. I hate the pickle man. I want to uh, grab the barrel and mime as if I'm going to t- t- uh, tip it over and let all the brine run out in the ground. Oh, you're just edging me, are you? Well, whatever. I, I let go immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate this guy. In the, like the front of the camera reality series part, Dudu's there and it has like his name at the bug at the bottom. <laughs> I go, I am here to make friends. <laughs> It looks like it's about to run into the wall behind you, but instead, right before it makes contact, six huge, thick horse legs erupt in a hexagonal formation like the legs of an ant, and it crawls right up the side of the wall with the same speed that it was rolling along the ground on. The horse DNA is taking control. Fuck him up, buddy. Okay. (laughs) Can I roll for how many donuts I do? Yes, you can roll for how many donuts. I'll do you a do. D4, so it's not too much. It's a no. It's it's a performance check. Okay. Roll twenty. <laughs> how about a natural goddamn twenty? Fuck yeah! Fuck. All right. Let's <laughs> fucking go. Watch out for them, would you? All of them, the living and the dead. Listen to skull tenders anywhere and everywhere. sort of like world of uh, Twitter and video games for as long as I can remember in a positive way. Uh, I'm here talking to the the, the one and only Bloodberry Tart, Amber. Uh, wonderful to be speaking with you uh, here. Wonderful to be here. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just it's a pleasure. I, I can't believe we haven't done it before. Um, I guess I, I sort of uh, substituted the time I was on your stream with uh, talking to you on here. Uh, but it's great to have both because it's always a pleasure. What have you been up to recently? How you been? I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. Uh, uh, three weeks ago, I released my podcast, Skulltenders, which has been eating up like a ton of my time, which is like a D&D actual play podcast I do with uh, Boyd Berger and Casey Green and Cohen Ettenfield. It's oh, been a lot of fun, but it's so a lot fun. of like, yeah, it's been it's been a blast, but... As I'm sure you know, launching anything, like like launching a podcast and getting it off the ground is like a is quite the task. Yeah, <laughs> with, especially I, the way like, social media is right now. But it, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's you know, it's nice to like go from like I've been, you know, working as a streamer for like the last three or four years. Um and like I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, but it's nice to dip back into something uh 
that feels more like a uh, like producing like an original creative mm. work in the same way that like I was a musician. That was my background before I was a streamer. Right. Uh, and so it's nice to dip back into something that's got like kind of threads a needle between the two expertise. It's funny how much like I, I I've never really thought about it, but it's absolutely true. Like how much uh, playing in like professional or semi-professional like bands or whatever, uh, how much in common it has with with podcasting, like just like the the ability to sort of like set up equipment and be ready to kind of perform Um like live shows, stuff like that. It's 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 a funny it's a funny kind of comparison, but it, it really does kind of match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm constantly having times where I'm like, well, I guess I didn't ever think this was going to be useful outside <laughs> of being in like a bunch of weird hardcore bands. But it turns out a lot of these skills tr actually transfer to other things. That's been a lot of fun. I mean, crowd work, right? Like you're. you're yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, you, like like, well, I mean, that's part of like why I went into streaming was it was like I was a live musician and that was like a big part of like. You know, I like we, I'm on like uh, a bunch of releases on Bandcamp. I was in Downtrotter, Solarized, Nothing Wrong, but uh, like performing live was like what I was passionate about, and which is why yeah. when like we, the lockdown happened, I was like, that's when I got into streaming because I was like, I need to find a way to be in front of an audience and perform again. Absolutely, yeah. No, I totally get it. Like I. I definitely had the kind of like very, very typical, you know, I stopped being able to perform live because my band kind of like everyone went to college and, and we weren't, you no know, one was around. Ah, to, the classic. Yeah, the wow. classic thing. Yeah, we all just kind of weren't able to perform together anymore. Uh, but, you know, I I still, there's nothing that's was more, um, I can't think of anything that was more sort of addictive than, mm -hmm. uh, than that. It's just, it's so... I don't know. It's it's such a it's such a great feeling. And I think you're right. The streaming at least is close. It, it feels like yeah. live performance in that way. You get because it's like, well, there's something really nice. And I'm sure like you this is exactly what you're saying about being addictive. It's like when you perform live, you get to see like this immediate reaction and this immediate like you kind of get to control the energy in the room for a while. Yeah. Uh, and it feels really good because you are watching it happen in a way. It feels like casting spells as opposed to like putting out a podcast, which is like a great way to produce content and a lot of people are going to hear it, but you put it out and then you're just like, well, I hope people are listening to this right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, I, 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 before I, I, and I, I don't as a, as a rule, look at numbers, not because like I'm, you know, some sort of extremely disciplined person, but because I just for the longest time had no way to do it. So I never build up the practice. Um, yeah. And uh, so for a while I was making this and I was like, I bet like three people are listening to this. Like it's, it's gotta be pretty low. And then when I found out there were more than three people listening, I was like, this is, that's unbelievable. I have no idea what to make of this. Whereas like when you're playing live, if it's a small crowd, but you can get them into the music or if it's a big crowd and you can get them into the music, uh, it, it, it just like it immediately scratches that itch or immediately like I'm just like the most powerful person that's ever been. Yeah, alive. exactly. <laughs> and like live, if there's like if you're in a room with like 40 people who are there to see you, that can feel pretty good. And it can be tough on the Internet where it's like the numbers have been like you're getting compared in a pool to the people who have like millions of listeners. It, it can, can be, be really tough. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it like, can be discouraging in a way. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny actually, this, this sort of like leans into, to what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, because like, you know, I found myself, I found myself getting frustrated listening to, um, live shows when, when like podcasts would put out live shows. Yeah. Um, 
where it was like, oh, you know, like they, they have all these people like cheering for them while they're doing their podcast. They're doing their catchphrases and stuff. And it's like, yeah. why can't that be me? It's like, well, <laughs> it's very few people. Um, yeah. and, you know, I did a couple of live shows for the podcast and they were really fun. But like it's 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 not, you know, to get like the concert atmosphere, you have to you really probably have to be like a top hundred podcasts somewhere. Yeah, like I saw it was just a kind of before they really blew up. It was like 2016. But you might this might resonate with you because I believe you're also a, a Philadelphia person. I am. Yes. Um, I saw Chapo and Street Fight Radio at Everybody Hits, the oh, baseball place yes. where they were doing punk shows for years. That rules. That's so yeah, cool. it was really cool. That's such a great. Yeah, that's such a great place to see them. I remember the shirt that that uh, that they made for that, where it was uh, the the Chapo head getting hit out as a baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I and mean, honestly, like Street, I would say Street Fight is the most punk rock venue feel of a podcast, even to this day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Brett and Brian were in Philly a little while ago. I mean, when, when Street Fight was still Brett and Brian. Um, and uh, and they had me come and like basically just be part of the live show. Um, yeah. And it was just like the audience was like yelling and they were getting into it. Uh, they th Someone threw up socks that ha that said Sodexo on them because I guess Sodexo had come up on the block. <laughs> it was like it was <laughs> wild. Like, oh, that rules. It really felt like the. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean. I, I ended up getting jealous of that, though, and I imagine, well, I, I know, like, it, it, that kind of, like, uh, I, I don't want to say envy necessarily, because it's not quite right, but that kind of, like, uh, comparison is so much easier to do, I would imagine, in streaming. Like, because I, I, I've never really had in my mind to be a serious streamer. When I stream, it's, you know... I, at my best, I would get the same 20 people coming and it was fun and, you know, just like basically let me play a game so I could talk about it on the podcast. But like, yeah. I can only imagine when you're really trying to like build a channel, what it's like to watch and see other channels doing it. Like, how do you how do you channel that? Like, how do you sort of use that? And like, uh, I guess, like, how do you market yourself like that? I feel like that's such a hard thing for people who grew up in an underground scene to to do marketing and stuff like that to do i like was very fortunate in that i had like a lot of the time i spent doing in like underground stuff was like spent being a promoter and promoting oh, like, sh like okay. shows and so like i un like by the time i started streaming like i didn't understand very much about the landscape of streaming yet but i did understand things like oh if i post flyers for my band at x time they do better than if i do it at y and you know, if I do X kind of post with X kind of media, the answer, like for Twitter, since it's like our like my main platform, mm -hmm. like if you do a post with an image in it, it does very well. If you do a post with uh, a video in it, most likely it's going to do very poorly. Interesting. Uh, it, it's just like what the algorithm likes versus what people on the uh, platform like, like the conflux of the two. Did you and do so algorithm like, like uh, were you like an algorithm uh, uh, scryer when you were doing stuff for bands too? I would like when I was doing stuff for bands, it was more like I, I was really uh, tapped into like the local and like East Coast uh punk and hardcore scene and like noise rock scene and so it was like you know i went where the people are i was very heavily on figure a lot of this was like 10 years ago so a lot of sure. people were still on facebook for that because it was the platform that had an event scheduler that you could invite people to um yeah, makes sense. And, and like instagram and and twitter because i was already like uh had a following on twitter and so like it was less about like 
uh, trying the algorithm and more about figuring out like uh, when you enmesh yourself in part of like a community and like most people who are creatives in some way grow by being some part part of a community, whether it be like an organic one, like a DIY scene or like a more constructed one, like say like a podcast network. Right. Um, and so it's like they just kind of like figuring out what people in those spaces want and like when they want them, what they are engaging with. You, you start to see like, OK, these shows are doing really well. People are going to this. What are they doing? How are they getting people in the door? And I kind of tried to do the same thing when I was streaming. I started to look at people who were like, you know, around a size where I was like, this seems like a feasible size for me to get to in six months. Yeah. Uh, and like try to like figure out what they were doing and try to uh, sort of reverse engineer it into a, a promotion strategy for myself. And I mean, has that has that been, I guess, you know, I I won't ask if it's been successful because it. I, I think looking at your content, it's it's certainly been successful. But I will ask: Has it been? Has that been rewarding? Has that been like? Uh, has that been fun? Like, has it been fun to to grow and to to be to be doing this? Because like, you know, it it is something that I think a lot of people deal with in terms of content. Um, is this kind of like question of you know, am I am I still having a good time? Um, yeah, and absolutely. I wonder, do you do you feel like you're still having a good time? Do you? I yeah, I do. I think that a thing that has helped me a lot is that I I picked up doing the podcast as well in this past year because I mm -hmm. like that was in the oven. It came out like three weeks ago, but it's been in the oven since January. Cool. Um, and it helps a lot to be like not have all of your eggs in one basket in that way because like a thing that you can easily run into is even if you are doing the same things that you would enjoy otherwise, it's very easy to get into like number brain mm -hmm. where you're like ah number has not gone up as much as i would like it to <laughs> or number has gone down for two days a thing that is perfectly reasonable to be variance but because i have a brain that was is made you know made out of meat and electricity and was never made to know concepts like these i can't understand that and so i feel bad and so like it helps right. a lot i think to like have more than one thing like that like have your, your stream and your podcast and have enough like you know Things in the fire that uh, you you keep yourself from having uh, like math brain, and that's how you, at least for me, manage to retain the fun of it. That and like a thing that my friend Jesse said to me, streamer Dead Blossom Jesse, who's a great streamer, uh, said he was like, uh, you can like try really hard to grow an audience, uh, and it can be very difficult and very opaque and very not rewarding. And you might not even succeed or you could focus on spending time and cultivating the best possible content and environment for your community you already have. And that's like almost always super rewarding. Mm. So like a really good thing you can do a lot of the time is just like work on cultivating that, you know, that the bedrock of that community you already have. Because like most people sign on to content, not just for the content itself, but also for like a group of like minded people who also enjoy that content, and especially yeah. in something like streaming where you're in a chat. So, like, I think that uh, you can retain that uh, spark, uh, but you do have to do it, I think, with a level of intentionality because it's very easy to otherwise end up in a space where you're looking at people who uh, are slightly bigger than you or much bigger than you, and you're like, oh, why don't I have that? And the <laughs> thing about that is, like, unless you're like one of 10 people in the world there's always somebody yeah yeah exactly. you know, there's always a bigger fish especially the internet because it's you're compared to the it's not like your local seed it's compared to everyone on earth that's a really really good point because when it was your local like it was always easy in in when you when you were in a scene to be like 
you know what? Like I, I am, I, you know, I, I'm the biggest draw in like Telford and you're really yeah. good at that. Like, you know, the excerpt or like I'm the, you know, I'd like these bands are really big in Philly. Maybe we could build up to that or something. And like on the, on the internet, it's like, well, you're already, basically you're stuck saying like, maybe I can be as big as like a national band pulling like serious, serious uh, venues or even like, you know, a, a hardcore band that is getting like, you know, the, for a Philly example, like the electric factory or whatever, like, yeah, you know, and it's like, it's just not, it's not fair. It's not fair to you, to, to you as a creator to sort of immediately be like, yeah, why, why am I not that? Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and it's like you also have to look at like a thing that uh, can be tough to balance for that when your audience, your potential audience at least, is every person on the internet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Is that if you have any sort of like niche interests or or spe like uh, specific things that you want to be doing with your content? Like I do a lot of horror content, especially a lot of like retro horror content, and right. like like you know history diving and finding uh, weird old you know early 3d horror games and like really early stuff like chiller i'll go back and play like uninvited on dos or whatever there's like a lot of people that don't want to see that they're yeah, rather just see play fortnite it's not gonna be very kind to you when you're doing that no but you're like but i think a thing that sometimes you have to make the decision to do uh is to like stick in your niche to like and like trust your niche to a certain degree Mm -hmm. Um, if, as long as you're like maintaining some level of growth and some level of like sustainability, as long as you're not like going bankrupt to doing it or something, it's like the right, <laughs> right, the yeah. right call to make. I think a lot of the time, uh, is to make the conscious decision to be like, all right, well, maybe I don't want to compete with everybody who is, uh, playing Fortnite all the time. Maybe I, what I want to do is something that has a little bit of intentionality to it. Uh, a little bit of like niche appeal. And I think that most people who have gone on to be like, really big content creators started off doing some kind of more niche content. It's like Jerma started off as a team fortress streamer. Like, okay. you know, and like, that, yeah. if you can establish yourself in these smaller scenes. You can, you know, go on to grow later if that's what you want to do. And it's like, that's another thing I learned from doing music. Cause like very rarely does anybody blow up nationally after like without first blowing up locally. Correct. Yeah. It, it's funny. I was listening to, uh, I mean, the podcast itself was was uneven, but the the guest was great. It was the 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 lead singer of whose name I of course forget uh, of the Hold Steady, and um, they were they were talking to him about like you know what his ethos was, and I guess I had never heard this about the Hold Steady, but I guess like he was in a band called uh, Lifter Puller uh, in, in Minneapolis, and they were big in the Minneapolis scene, but never could make it big local uh, uh, nationally, and so when he made when they made the Hold Steady, the idea was like this band will never play a show. Like the idea is we, we will not be big. Mm -hmm. Um, and they got big locally and then they got big nationally. And it, it is interesting the way that kind of like you, you bring up intentionality. And I think that's a really good, a really good thing to bring up, particularly because like fame, so to speak, is not ever particularly intentional, right? Like no, it's very no. difficult to be intentionally famous. That's, yeah. that's, that's luck. It's fine to be intentionally or it's possible to be intentionally, um, good and like interesting and, and consistent. Um, and I think, you know, the, the that distinction is really, really important. I, yeah. I found that really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to, like most people blow up. It's like 
And like, there's a reason people call it blowing up because it's like most times people get big, especially like on the internet, you'll just go like randomly. The right person will come across and boost you or whatnot. You'll you'll have a guest on that you hit with a really strong cross audience, and suddenly you'll yeah. have way more people engaging with your stuff. Um, and there's things you can do as far as like making sure that your the quality of everything is good to like. You can never plan to make yourself blow up, but you could certainly plan uh, to like keep yourself from doing the things that would prevent you from blowing up. <laughs> like, yes, make sure right. your your audio is good. That's the biggest one. Is make sure your audio is good. It's more important than your camera. It's more. It's <laughs> it's the most important thing on the internet. It's so funny how many people focus on camera over audio. Yeah. Um, like a, a good camera is great. Like I I'm I'm very happy that I that I. Uh, Took the opportunity when mine broke to buy one that I like more. Uh, it's great to have, you know, especially if you're looking for jobs outside of uh, your content. It's just, you know, that's that's you got it. You got to have a camera, but you're absolutely correct. Like if people can't hear you or you're garbled, that's an absolute like deal breaker. Yeah. Um, and I guess like, you know, it's part of it because, of course, like the the, the first thing that you want to do with people is make them feel like they have a connection to you. Um, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I Do you feel like your audience is, uh, I don't know, is your audience still small enough or are you still capacious enough as a as a person in like the, the Walt Whitman sense to uh, to have like a, a, a relationship with your audience? Do you feel connected to your audience in that way? Yeah. Um, or I is it purely sort of like when you're out streaming is a purely a courting of not you personally, but anyone uh, a courting of parasociality. I think, I think that there's always going to be some level of like when people get into a, a, a content creator of like most stripes, podcast or streamer, et cetera. Like in addition to, there's always going to be, there's the people who like your content maybe they'll, they're popping and check it. That's like the furthest ring out in the onion of parasociality mm -hmm. uh but like as you get closer like people like to uh if they can you can cultivate a little bit more of a relationship with like for me like i like i would say like the extreme would be like the people who subscribe or the people like i can count on to make you know certain levels of uh donations to help keep the stream running and like keep it right and like uh you know i do make more like a point to like know those people's names and like remember stuff about them and stuff because i think that like uh it's important to cultivate a, uh, a relationship with your core audience and like you, you know be honest about it like you know they are your viewers like you you know you don't gotta yeah. tell them your best friends but like you know i really do appreciate them quite a bit because they allow me to have a really you know a cool creative job that i really enjoy and to like you know when i move to a new passion project like the podcast like a lot of them follow and it's like right so like you know i i do make a point to like court that intentionally Mm. Um, as long as, and I think, I don't personally do not think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're being like honest about it with like expectations and like managing expectations reasonably. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, that's something, maybe it's just me, um, having, having been the bassist in a band, uh, like the, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe being a, uh, like a, a, a guy basis, like a cis head basis in a band, not the most, not the most appealing member of the band. Always, <laughs> always overshadowed yeah. by the vocalist and the drummer. Vocalist and the drummer are, are the stars of the show. It's mm -hmm. just, it is how it is. Um, I don't know if you had the same, same reaction. Maybe you were more popular. Um, mm -hmm. 
I, I hope so. It, it was, you know, it was nice when when people noticed me. Yeah, but, um, I, I stick out a little bit more. I found you do a little bit. No, you have a very good look. Um, <laughs> my look, my look is is at best t-shirts. So, you know, I'll, I'll, be, <laughs> I'll be real. I could I could be doing more. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it's it's um, like I feel like uh, there is this sense of um, transference or projection, whatever it is with, with a therapist, where like. More so than in a podcast, your your various streamers will get people who are attract attracted to them romantically. And oh I, yeah, yeah. I don't really like. I don't. Like everybody get that. I know too. It's not like like especially the women, of course. But I feel like oh, almost all the streamers I know have dealt with this on some to some degree. Oh, I mean, just like the the amount of just absolute uh, sexual tension that erupts every time anyone posts something about Germa, for instance. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just okay, I, I don't even know really who Germa is, but I know that, like, a ton of people I follow think he's super cute and, like, super hot. It's like, okay, yeah, okay, he's a streamer. <laughs> so, I, like, I wonder, like, is it just, because it, it can't just be the visual, right? Because obviously that's part of it, but, like, the way podcasts are now, there are a lot of them that are visual, right? Or like, will have visual elements, yeah. or you know, the, you'll see pictures of the people. I mean, even when, even in the early days of, of Chapo, like the pictures of uh, you know Felix and Matt and Will were kind of all over the place. It wasn't yeah. like hard to find them. So, like, what is it about streaming and that relationship that builds that kind of like? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you why are people like. I actually have a, I actually have an answer to that one. So oh, good. I, I was just letting, I was you, I was I was just like, letting you finish. Boy. No, I got one for you. I was like, this is this is a big question. Uh, okay, yeah. good. I'm glad. Okay, so and this is this actually ties back into what I said earlier because this is actually part of why you want a good mic. Um, mm. Is that I think that this is like my working theory. As I don't think that the human brain, uh, like has evolved enough like 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 cameras are new enough and, and the internet is new enough that i do not think that we fully know the difference between watching someone on a screen that we can interact with and being in the same room hanging out with them <laughs> uh and this and that's why the mic a good camera and a good mic and all is important because the more barriers you remove to it feeling like you two are in the same room the more the easier that that like those neurons connect and like consciously we know it and you can be aware of it and make sure it's not like getting too weird or anything. But I think that right. even for people who are like conscious of that, uh, like that's an enjoyable feeling. We're like social animals and we like to feel like, oh, I, I am here with a, a person whose personality I enjoy and we are engaging with each other. And they're, you know, yeah. and so I, I think that is like that's my working theory, at least for why. Uh, like that, that those kinds of relationships happen is between you know you're seeing their face, um, and they're they're talking, and then you can talk, and they will respond to you. I think that our brain puts it pretty much in the same file as it would put like us hanging out with somebody in real life. I don't think they really know the difference. Well, and that social element certainly explains why it feels more like a lot of people's relationships that, you know, it, when it kind of crosses a line, the way that it crosses a line with therapists, right? Like where it's like all of a sudden you're like, well, this person knows me and, and we're in love. And it's like, oh, no, you, you sort of read a little much into this social interaction. And, and yeah. I think like, yeah, no, that that's a that's a very good answer. Um, yeah, it's like, well, so the person is looking at me and they're, you know, they're smiling and they're seeing you on the on the camera and everything. And it's creating this like. It certainly feels the way you're talking to someone and they are lighting up and responding to you, especially because people have tend to have a more like larger than life persona 
when they were mm-hmm, streaming. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy to get those wires crossed in your brain if you're not somebody who's like has had the this good the sense to be like, I should make sure that I am being reasonable about my interactions and expectations. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, when you are uh you know, when you are when you are interacting with a group of people who maybe aren't always in the same kind of like who don't have the same social experiences as you do too. Like yeah. there is a, I guess that's another part of like podcasting versus streaming is that like when you're listening to a podcast, it's typically not happening live. Like as, as a, as um, the Simpsons say, you know, podcasts are rarely broadcast live is a terrible strain on the animators wrists. Um, like, you know, it's, 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 but when you're watching a stream, that person is right there doing that in front of you. And yeah. that is like, again, you're right, a more intimate um, sort of reaction for your brain to kind of parse. Yeah, like I, I my the fundamentally, I just think at the base, it's just like monkey brain neuron connects. And it's like, ah, <laughs> ah, the pretty person on the screen smile at my post. Perhaps we are married now. Perha- perhaps mates. <laughs> It's, you know, it's... no, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I think I think I think you're probably right. I mean, it's like it's why, you know, people get so incredible. And I mean, we make fun of these people or people make fun of these people. I don't really know enough to make fun of them or not. But like, you know, when people are like, you know, I modded your channel, like respond to me. Like yeah. that, that kind of it. I think I think it's funny on a certain like basic level, but also there before the grace of God go I sort of moment where it's like, you know, if someone notices you and you think there's a connection and then there's not, that's embarrassing in a similar way. And, you know, when you put it that way, it's, I don't yeah. want to laugh at them. I kind of feel bad for them. <laughs> it's, I think it's important. And, uh, yeah, I, it's an easy way to feel. It's, it's just a tough balance because you have to not fall into the trap of like, I, well, I feel for this person. I'm having, you know, I, I also am having that sort of human connection that mm. you like let yourself get too permissive of things that you might otherwise not allow. I right. think as someone who I think does a really good job, uh, they're not a streamer, podcaster, Branson Reese of Rude Tales of Magic. Yes. Uh, so I like he said Branson to somebody, yeah, Branson's great. Uh, Branson said to somebody, this is a thing that like I always thought was really good. Like, so, I forget what somebody said to him, and he was like, some of you are getting awful familiar with the way that you speak to me. <laughs> I, I really like that. Yep. It's just yep. like, hey, just reminder, like, I don't know you like that. Like, it's like, you know, and like sometimes, like, especially as you hit a certain size, uh, like you have to, like, I think that it's, it's very common that you start off and you're like a little bit more intimate with your community. And as it grows, you're like, you know, you, you pull back at least like a little bit. And it's just because like you can't give everybody the level of attention and you can't play favorites too much because otherwise mm-hmm. that like doesn't you know that doesn't cultivate a community right uh, yes, and it's no, important right. to set a boundary at some point i think or at least like like hey maybe consider the things you say like before you say them and maybe consider yeah. that like the way that people speak to like maybe like like a, a guest on my stream would speak to me or like my my co-host on my podcast and i would speak to each other uh might not be the same way that is acceptable for you, the listener, to speak to those people. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's an interesting sort of like um, it's an interesting problem to have, because, of course, like it, I think it happens all the time and, and it, it happens based on something that I, I think just happens in friendships generally, where like I, I think like the best example in my mind was uh, my my 
my very my very good friend Seth. Uh, not, well, I have a very good friend Seth, but this isn't this isn't about him. Uh, it's about my very good friend Zach, who uh, I roomed with in um, in college, and uh, we would always like rip rag on each other, like you know, yeah. very very sort of standard stuff. And uh, at a certain point, we had ragged on each other so much that I was like, I think we were both like. Hey, uh, we're like, we're still cool, right? Like, this, this, this maybe went a little far. Like, every everything's fine, right? And, and we were like, yeah, no, of course. Like, it's just like, let's let's be nice to each other for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and like, I think I think like people people get really into bits and 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 the way they talk to you. There's like, you know, there was an ongoing bit in the no cartridge community where like people would would like make like tease me or say like oh yeah that's true like oh classic trev or whatever mm-hmm. and like i think at a certain point people realized they were like we might be taking this a little like maybe like getting mean about this yeah <laughs> like it it's tough though and that's like it's such a such a again like a social thing um that that uh we suddenly have to navigate within um the world of of, of uh, the internet as well yeah and the thing like for streaming that really helps with that is because it's live if somebody is like in your chat and, and getting really out of pocket, um, you can sort of just like sm- like squash them like a bug in front of everyone as a warning to everyone else. Um, and like I think that's like could be like a really valuable thing to do. Uh, it's yeah, like the, the yeah. content create equivalent of like well if you go to jail you got to find a big guy and beat him up. It's like oh, uh, you don't even have to do that. You're like you got to find an annoying guy and you have to flatten him and then that's fine. <laughs> Shut the annoying guy up. Exactly. Yeah. Then all the annoying guys will know who's boss. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's like it's a really good point. I, I am curious, um, and this is this is coming from someone who's never been good at playing social games. Um, you play social games on your stream sometimes. I'm not, in, I'm not. Am I incorrect in thinking that? Well, like Among Us and whatnot. Yeah, uh, well, not necessarily. Yeah, like games that are multiplayer, basically. Oh yeah, to, yeah, I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how do you like? How do you manage the 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 relationships there? Like, how do you how do you sort of like cultivate? positivity in both like your stream and a uh like a general like sort of online presence it it would seem hard for me to to manage sort of like what's going on in say like a team when i'm playing you know the whatever like an asymmetric horror game or whatever yeah versus what's going on in my chat it like it feels like spinning a lot of plates so i'm curious how you uh spin those plates yeah well i what i find is like uh, if I'm going to be playing with other people, thankfully I've been on Twitter for like a zillion years. And so it's really easy. I could just be like, okay, what's like, you know, what's Chris person doing? What's Pat Gill doing? What's, you know, so-and-so, right. uh, you Smart. know, what, what are the go off Kings doing? And it's all people that like, I have an established rapport with, which makes it really easy. Um, but it's still, you know, there's still sometimes you'll get caught off guard. Like I always think about, I had Chris, per- speaking of Chris person, I had Chris person oh, on yeah. one time, uh, i am already talking to Chris, I think. In two weeks, oh, yeah, Chris no, is like, great. I love love Chris. Yeah, Chris is a pleasure. Uh, and I heard a song one time, um, and it was like me and Chris and like the Go Off Kings. I think like Pat Gill and Chris was like, so like, how blue are we allowed to get on this program? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. We're fine. We're like an adult. It's an evening stream. You can say whatever you want. And he goes, all right. Uh, so which celebrities do you guys think are secretly pedophiles? <laughs> <laughs> How blue can we? I was like, wow, I guess, you know, I guess I didn't consider that that was even an option. (laughs) But then it's like, you're already trapped, you're already, you're already locked in. So it's like, all right, well, 
The only way out is, you know, they haven't invented a way out that's not through yet. So yep. only <laughs> way out is through. Let's name them. <laughs> name and shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, I'll get Secrets to Straddle a couple of <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it is funny. Like I I I love that balance and like bringing people in, you know, because of course, like the the thing that you can't account for in in those games is like someone just being completely out of pocket, like having someone on your team shouting the N word or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, like I was I was doing a, a let's play with uh, with uh, Dia Lucina that we've been doing through uh, going through um, uh, the Dark Souls game. So we we did Dark Souls two, and now we're doing Dark Souls three, and. Um, there's a there's a little thing in Dark Souls three where you can see like it's like a list of names basically of like people who have been in Dark Souls or like it's, you know I, I forget what the item's called but you can look at like player names and uh, we were going through it and like laughing at him and be like oh this is fun and then immediately one comes up that's just the n word and uh, and I was falling asleep like I was really tired that day for some reason and. Dia was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, like, I was like, you, you, I was like, what? I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. OK, I guess for this. Yes, this isn't fun. Anymore. It's like everyone's so. Yeah, you'll see something like your heart like jumps out of your chest. And like it, it's I, at this point, like I can't do it. Like there's not much I can do but laugh because I've seen like I've had that kind of thing happen so many times. It's just like such a thing that happens when you're streaming. Sure. That you see it. And you're just like, well, you know, like I always think about um a friend of mine, my, my friend Jesse has a command on his stream that you can punch in and it brings up a message that says uh, something racist happened on the stream, but it was not necessarily endorsed by Jesse. And that's like, <laughs> so like what? when that happens on his stream, you just see like a whole bunch of those coming up in the chat all at the same time. That is so funny. It's like a fun, it, I think it's smart because it's like, you, there's nothing you can do about it once it's appeared on screen other than move on. But it give, it's almost like it, it defangs that in a way. That uh, one, it does, it, you know, it, it lets it turn into a joke for people who might otherwise feel uncomfortable. And I think that can be very helpful. It yeah. can, like uh, gives them like, a, a, like, oh, no, here I am with this community that we all think this sucks. But we, we're also all able to, like, dismiss this person, which I think a lot of the times can be a more powerful tool than uh, getting mad about it. And it also keeps you Absolutely. from a thing you have to worry about when you're a streamer with that kind of thing. Uh, is there's people out there who, if you are somebody who gets really mad and about that kind of thing when you encounter it, who are going to try to push your buttons on purpose. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it's one of the best things you can do is, like, find a way to, like, defuse or simply ignore things like that and, and press on where... Or, like, like another thing I do is, like, I'll have a, a side chat where I can communicate directly with my mods via text without having to say anything on stream. Smart. And Smart. so I can just be, like... Hey, just get this, get so and so out of there, or like you know, take care of this, or time like, them out, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And having a way you can do that where you don't have to commit anything to record, I think, can be really valuable. Definitely, yeah. I mean, this is so. I I have one more question about your streaming practices, and then yeah. I want to talk about want to talk briefly about your podcast, and then and then just like game talk to to, to round it out. Sounds um, good. Yeah, no, I just like I'm just having a lot of fun. Um, the um, the one thing I think would be really hard. Um, is cultivating a community, and you sort of you sort of reference it there. You, you you hinted at it there. Cultivating a community while also um, 
you know, maintaining these shared values and, you know, being open to others. I think like, you know, you are a person that has um, very, I mean, in my opinion, which is the correct opinion, of course, uh, very good politics. I, I, I agree with you on essentially everything um, that I've ever seen you post. So like, I try, I try. Yeah. Just like, just like uh, pristine, pristine ideas. Um, and I would imagine it is a little tricky sometimes to balance the sort of like, you know, left wing uh, sort of per, like progressive, not in the you know American sense, progressive uh, uh, positions with sort of you know like you don't want to necessarily try and weed out every single person doing something minorly wrong. On the other hand, you don't want to let it become something where you don't have a community that reflects you. So how do you balance that? Like, that seems like something that would be very difficult once it gets big. Yeah, I think I, I find that works for me. Um, it's like, I, do, I personally, you know, obviously, if you, uh, any sort of open bigotry is is banned. So that's an easy okay, one. That's yeah, an easy perfect. one, of course. Um, Super easy, but yes. I also, like, discourage a lot of... Uh, like intense political talk and mm. it's one of those things where I like the way I present it and it's like how I feel about it is like it's not to say these things aren't important because they are but I also think that uh it's important to have somewhere you can go where your brain doesn't explode mm. um and so like I think that for like what I've tried to cultivate is like a, a space where it's kind of like listen like we all kind of, like we're all most of us are from Twitter and like <laughs> we're all you know we're not assholes here um but let's try to focus more on like building a community that is more focused on, you know, the camaraderie and the fun of having, you know, having hobbies and engaging them with each other, having our niche interests um, yeah. and sort of like, you know, we all follow, a lot of us already like, you know, follow each other on Twitter anyway. We just you do your we do our political posts there and we I try to keep it pretty light and like or like like when things came up with like uh, what's going on in the world now where it's just like I'm not going to. uh expand like expand on it too hard but it's like you know i make make my donations to the organizations i can to help um yeah, yeah. and if somebody is going to come like be an asshole about it they're they're going to get booted but at the like, same time it's kind of like i i mean i know i've seen some things on my timeline where i've been like wow cool i have a small scar inside my brain now um, yeah yeah no I'll, I'll see people i'll see people saying stuff and i'm like wow that's do I? I don't know if it's like a good thing to unfollow this person. Like, yeah, unfollow I, them for, they're gonna notice, and uh, like, yeah, this sucks. And so I try to like cultivate a like you know this is the, my, the space that I've made is a space for us all to take like a step back temporarily from the heart of darkness. This is like this is your save room to go into yeah. before you go back out into you know doing your your internet turn based <laughs> combat. Yeah, before before your uh, it's like. Uh, uh, before your your meter shows up where you start hallucinating and uh, and seeing all these things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, the way you describe your stream, honestly, like a couple of times now, it, it, it reminds me of the way I think about um, uh, the bar from Cheers. Uh, yeah. Cheers, the bar from Cheers, uh, where it's, you know, everyone kind of knows you a little bit. Some people better than others. Uh, everyone's pretty chill. Uh, no one's no one's bringing up stuff that's going to upset anyone, even if, you know. We yeah. all kind of agree. It's 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 neat. It's like it, it is sort of like a communal spot. And I I really think that's a, that that's a nice way of thinking about cultivating a community, a place where people can feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think that's how. I mean, it's not how I've thought of it before, but like 
I also don't think a lot of people think about content that way. I think they think about it in terms of like, I don't know, utility or growth or, or, or a practice that can produce something. Um, the idea of making it a place where people feel okay to be is, uh, is really kind of, kind of, uh, beautiful that way. Yeah. It's, I th and I think like, like a lot of people do have very strong communities that are more political. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you got to hold the reins a little tighter when you do mm -hmm. that because oh, yeah. people are, you know, get very, very passionate and it can be good and it can be for good causes. But even I fear we've all encountered somebody who was like, you're like, wow, I, I agree with this person politically, uh, but the way that they are acting is perhaps not the way they should be anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For you sure. Know, like we've all encountered that kind of person before where it's been like, well, you're right politically <laughs> but you are also kind of acting like an unhinged person on the internet <laughs> yeah like could, could we balance this out a little bit could we do both yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like could you like exactly could you just like do this in a more normal person kind of way maybe <laughs> like <laughs> yeah no I, I i totally hear you no, that, that makes a ton of sense um let me ask you uh, sort of to, to, to shift into another place where politics are, are fraught, but in a different way. Um, I guess not in, a, not in an actual play, I, hope, I would imagine, but maybe, I don't know. Um, how is your podcast going? What is, what is, how, how are you feeling about your work? What is, what has been exciting? What has been challenging? You're working with like a group of enviable people. So I'm, sh I'm sure um, that part is not a problem. But, uh, oh yeah, no, it's what, cool. What's been, what's been cool? Well, it's like, like you said, it is very nice to get like everybody I work with is really, really good at what they do. And it's like a, such a pleasure to like be putting together like something where you, you can come out the gate and be like, well, this has an extremely high like, you know, production value and is really tight and really snappy because it's like a bunch of people who have spent their time in like. You know, most of us are from something awful originally and then spent right. like 10 years on Twitter. And so it's like I've been, you know have been doing like like Greco-Roman comedy grappling matches for like 20 <laughs> years. And so sure. it, it's like a, a real pleasure to get to work with a bunch of people like that and then have people like, you know, it, it's cool to work with Casey Green, who is a name that like tons and tons of people know. And there's a for good reason, because he's very talented. One uh, of my many joys, like one of the one of the big like joys for me of have of, of the podcast was when I could have when I got Casey to come on like that was because I had been reading his stuff for so long, too. So it was just like, oh, this is cool. Like, there he is. He's so great. Casey is so funny. Such a uh, cool and guy. it's just like such a pleasure to get to uh, to like work with a group where I could feel really confident in like the ability and professionality of everyone, especially coming mm. from like doing a music background. And, like musicians <laughs> are so unreliable. Uh, yeah. They're no, so <laughs> unreliable. And it's, I was it's so. Say, oh, well, they're all great, right? Like every musician, you've never yeah. had a problem with them. It's crazy to sit down and just be like, hey, we should do this thing. And everyone's like, ah, cool. Well, we will do the amount of work that we've all agreed seems reasonable. And we will do it at a reasonable pace, which is like, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, if, like, if you're somebody who's like, most of your background is in like, in collaborative stuff is like working a job you're hearing this and you're like well yeah of course but that's not normally how it works <laughs> no, with artists no. they're not very good at that uh and they're so, so it's, bad at it yeah and so it's been a real pleasure to like work with a bunch of people who like in addition to like being really fun and snappy performers are also just like real professionals in the, the way they conduct themselves as part of like the project and part of like like you know making sure that it grows and everything it's like really really nice
Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's really nice. Yeah, that's I mean, really cool. Even, I would say even in podcasting, well, maybe especially in podcasting, that cannot be uh, that cannot be a uh, something you rely on either. So it's it's nice that you found it's nice that you found a group of people that really really can nail it in. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, but before anyone assumes that I'm I'm trying that I'm bashing people that I've worked with, I'm also similarly lucky. I've I've had like a bunch of people who are really great when I co-host with, and I uh, it's one of like again it if you come from a certain background of working with um, artists or uh, having for fan actors, uh, my dad's an actor, so I can say that <laughs> um, the you know finding someone reliable uh, is just the the joy of a lifetime. Oh God, it's so nice. It's so like. Just like watching, uh, like uh, Voidberger, Jess does our, like our editing mm -hmm. and and our sound design, and like Skulltenders has like for an actual play, like a very intense sound design. It's like full sound effects. Their music cool. is composed for it by uh, Seth, our composer, um, and so it's like a very it's a big project as far as like editing and the back end and like making that like technically tight. And just like watching her work is just like such a marvel. To have somebody show up who's just like, oh, hey, here, I banged this out. Here's like that thing that we we knocked out uh, has been edited down like 40 minutes. And now everybody sounds like razor blade sharp. And there's these like it, it sounds like it, like this beautiful radio play. Uh, and it's it's really cool to uh, work with people who sort of are unleashing that sort of uh, that sort of talent onto something collaboratively and having that uh, taking it of a level of like an equal level of seriousness as far as like the standards that we hold our content to, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's really cool. Um, do you think, I mean, is there is there that kind of energy within the streaming world? Is that, because I don't, I get that, I mean, obviously the go-off kings, but there's not a, like a ton of collab, is there a lot more collaborative streaming than I think of, or is that is it more of a of a solo world? I feel like you you, you see the uh, the solo people more because then when you're a solo, you can build uh, a really strong individual brand. And so when you get huge, that's like really powerful. Um, but I, like there's lots of streams that are uh, collaborative like that. Go off Kings are, is a great example. But there's also oh, just, like, yeah. a lot of people who are like, you know, perhaps doing like what you are doing here where it's like they have they have a they cultivate a uh, relationship with enough people that they can have like a rotating cast of guests to uh, have enough, that sort yeah. of communal feel. That's a good point. Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but you're totally right. That would actually be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's and it's like helpful to do, I think, in addition to like on one hand, you cultivate the relationship by talking directly to uh your your audience and that helps, but I also think like and there's this is part of the reason podcasting is so popular as well is that like uh, when you have two or more people all talking to each other um, and you're listening to it, in the, I think that it, it in much the same way as I said before, it sets off the part of your brain that's like ah I'm with a group of like minded individuals <laughs> and we are discussing our interests. Well, it's that it's like that picture is probably my favorite meme where it's like the the kid. Uh, sitting next to the like the ice cream ad where everyone's like talking and laughing with each other and then he's also talking and laughing with them. Yeah. And it's like what what it feels like to listen to a podcast. Like it's it's I mean it's it's you know a very old meme, but it always sort of like it's always like, yeah, that's that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's exactly what it's <laughs> like. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Those are my friends. <laughs> yeah. 
Let me ask one more thing. So, uh, obviously, um, people should be listening to Skulltender. I'm going to. I actually am not. You know, I've I've never really gotten into actual play podcasts, and I the one you're describing to me now, the way you were describing it to me, I think I think I'm going to try it. Um, I think other people should too. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you focus on horror games and and all sorts of stuff in your stream like that. Uh, not just that, but many things. What games have you been playing recently that you've liked? Are they all stuff you've been streaming, or is it stuff that's just it's just for you? Well, I, I found that like a thing that I need to do, and I've realized like after like a probably year or two streaming, it was, like, it was a sanity thing I had to do. Is like occasionally I have to earmark a game and just be like, this is an off stream game that I get to enjoy as like a you know. <laughs> A box of bonbons that I get to unwrap one every once in a while and pop into my mouth and just enjoy it uh, sheerly, like, as, as an object of pleasure, not an object of, like, uh, you know, you're, a, a thing you're producing. Yeah, no, I, I have a couple of things like that. I, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's important. You have to. Yeah. And so, like, I, I've, like, earmark occasionally, like, right now I'm doing, like, and I probably will do it on the stream eventually, too, but... I was just, just like, all right, I'm, you're marking Alan Wake too. Okay. I need to. Yeah. I, I need to have one once in a while. I haven't had an off-stream game in a while. This is going to be my one for a little bit. Oh, that's a fantastic off-stream game. Oh, yeah, it's so no, good. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and like you can enjoy it at your own pace. I'm sure that's like that must be maddening to have to have like it's the only game I streamed all the way. Well, that's not true. I streamed not uh, Shin Megami Tensei three all the way through, which was really fun. Yeah. Um. But I, I did that with my friend Andrew. Uh, but then I streamed Sekiro, and I did that like on most. I think I streamed like three or four nights a week for just a little while. It was just like a kind of like a weird period of of time where I could, mm -hmm. and I just like housed Sekiro, and it was fun. But it changed the way that I experienced and enjoyed that game. And yeah, I feel like that kind of pacing on every game you play must be like it, it must feel a little weird. Yeah, well, because you. You don't, it's hard to, especially if something, Sekiro is not a nice one for that because it's pretty linear. But if you're yeah, playing something I, I that's like, not, yeah. it's like, it can be tough because not, it isn't always like, it can be fun as a player to explore every nook and cranny, but you also have to ask the questions like, okay, am I producing a good piece of, uh, of content for a viewer here if I'm doing that? And so I, right. I find myself playing very fast and loose and like making more mistakes and rolling through them and like uh in ways I might not otherwise on stream just because it, it makes for a more interesting uh like piece of content for the uh, sure. people to watch which of course like is is totally different than what is an interesting game for you to play yeah exactly that's, uh, that's really interesting um i guess relatedly what has been your favorite game to stream recently like what what has been the one that's clicked for you that way i really liked amnesia the bunker i don't know if you played that mm. one i haven't yet I, is that the new amnesia it's the new amnesia that's okay. set in like a world war one french bunker underground and you have like a the flashlight is like a so you the only flashlight you have in that is powered by a rip cord that's like some kind of old style oh, uh survival fun. flashlight and it's loud and so the flashlight, oh. yeah. So when you use it to see, <laughs> things can hear you. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it, it it ends up being like it's this like the map isn't super big. It's like but it's pretty like labyrinthian, and there's like a single monster following you, and a lot of it is like figuring out how to 
you know, break down the doors to get to X or Y and like how to do all those things in a way that is like safe enough. Like, I had more than one time where I like popped off a, and threw a grenade. I had like one left because I had to scare the thing away and it happened to like blow down a door that allowed me to progress. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was that was really cool, actually. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed playing that one on the screen because it's just like it's very tense and very scary and people like that. But at the same time, but a lot of it is like old school like adventure game kind of feel and so like it gives you a lot of time to still communicate directly with the audience which i think is like can be really helpful that's super cool yeah now i've always wondered why people like streaming uh stuff like um alien isolation and those sort of survival games oh yeah that's a good one makes total sense the way you're saying it there although amnesia sounds like it would be even more fun yeah alien isolation is a great game too alien isolation is like has aged so well like it still feels oh, yeah. like they could have put that out today and it would be like one of the best games in the genre. I feel like every time I talk to someone about that, they're like, oh, yeah, I can't play that game because I played like an hour and it terrified me. It's too much. very scary. Yeah, it really is. Well, Amber, I don't have any other questions for you. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with in terms of streaming, in terms of podcasting, in terms of anything at all? Um, uh in terms of making good music. I don't know. Yeah. Anything at all? Oh, I, I got one for you. So this okay, is something great. a friend of mine said to me, my friend Pierce, uh, who is in the, the Philadelphia, pretty well-known hardcore band Soul Glow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know Soul Glow. And, and Pierce yeah. said to me, uh, and it was like, I got it as like, he said it to me as like a voice message on my phone because he was on his bike. And I had this recording for a long time and I would like, I saved it and would play it back. So it was a recording of him being like, yeah, well, the thing that you got to make sure you do um, when you want to be adventurous or avant-garde or experimental when you're making art um, is before you uh, get to doing all that, you should probably make sure that that shit all slaps first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's so good, good advice. And, and like, I take that with you. Like, like I'm going like we go to something like making skull tenders and it's like so I like. You know, the writing is is very good, obviously. Like, I, Cohen is yeah. an incredible writer, and it's a very interesting, uh, you know, horror fantasy world that I really enjoy being in. Uh, but also, it's just like, you got to make, you got to put the polish on it. You got to put the sizzle on that steak, and you got to make sure that... Uh, that shit slaps. You take, yeah, you can sure slaps. You make sure you take it to that le- the level and the clarity and the uh, intentionality that demonstrates a level of... Uh, commitment or professionalism or drive that sets you apart from somebody who is maybe doing it uh without their whole heart in it that is such a i, I you know i don't want to be like a, a regionalist here i mean in some ways i do but uh, that is such a philly hardcore way of, <laughs> of approaching going all into like just thinking and philly avant-garde like every yeah i, I know they they don't do they don't do shows up in the uh they used to do like um, one of the floors in like the art school or where was that i can't remember what they used to call it uh but I remember like any time I saw an avant-garde show there, it would usually be like a local act and they would always be putting their whole their whole like heart into it. It was just like this rules so much. Yeah, it's really interesting and cool. But first and foremost, it just rocks. It slaps. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it took me a lot. Like there's a thing that like like I had gotten into punk when I was pretty young. And it was a thing that's been like influential my whole time making stuff is just like the uh, there's just such like a kinetic energy. A, a frantic energy to watching people like pour their life and limb into what they're to like a, a, a 15 minute block of art. Uh, and I think that that's like, 
even as I've went to have done things that have been like a little bit more cooled off as I've gotten older, has been like a thing that's important to me is to be like, all right, this is like, if you do something, you do it for real. You you, right. you put yourself into it. Yeah, one of the best one of the best compliments uh, that was ever given to my band was uh, one of the the dad of our uh, of our rhythm guitarist. Who, like, yeah, I mean, he owned a guitar shop. He would come to our shows and stuff. But he uh, he said the the band was like it sounded like a train wreck in a good way. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do. Like, and I, I don't know. Like, we, we may or may not have deserved that, but mm-hmm. I felt at the time like we did. And, and that's like, yeah, that's such a good energy to bring. Like, yeah, just going full out, full out. Like, maybe maybe we'll crash. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Like people like feed off a certain level of uh, that, that the energy, like the, the energy that you put out in the things that you make uh, will transfer to the people that hear it. I, I personally believe. So I try to uh, I try to always bring that. And what a what a great way of thinking about it too, especially with like uh, especially with like streaming and stuff, where it's like who's going to hear this? Thinking like not who's going to hear this, but like I know the right people are going to hear this and yeah. like and get and get it. That's like a, such a such a good way of approaching it, knowing if it, if if it slaps, they will come. Exactly. The, <laughs> the field of dreams of uh, of content. Yeah. Well, where can people find your 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 great content? Well, I am. Uh, you can find me streaming at twitch.tv slash Bloodberry Tart. Right now I'm streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays. I usually stream uh, Tuesdays, Wednesday and Thursdays. But I've this month I've taken off some time for Wednesdays and where I'm trying to uh, cultivate a routine for uh, school tenders continuing into the future. And then I'll pick up streaming a little bit more again. Uh, and you Smart. can also find uh, my podcast Skulltenders on, uh, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Patreon. And uh, if like if you want like an RSS feed or whatever. And uh, Fantastic. that's like most of the places I also I'm also in a band called Nothing Wrong, which is on Bandcamp. And you're on uh, you're on the socials, right? I am on the socials. I'm Bloodberry on Tart socials. on most things, <laughs> except for Twitter, where I'm Bloodberry underscore Tart. Somebody else is Bloodberry Tart, and they don't speak English. And I've tried. I've been like, "Hey, help, please." It's no, it's no this. use. It'll never happen. But that's well, fine. <laughs> at least, at least, at least you you've like you're not trying to scale the mountain when it's unscalable. That's exactly. A good use of your energy, not to worry too much about. Oh it. yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Well. Yeah. Go follow. I. I. I am not just a. I'm not just a. An. Uh, an ad guy. I'm also a member of following. Uh. Uh, Bloodberry Tart. Uh, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Um, and yeah, no, thank you for being on. This was really fun. I hope you hope you're able to come back soon. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.